Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to be back for our regular listeners. Uh, I've had some surgical adventures. If you want to understand that more, go listen to episode 250. Uh, But let me dive right in, guys. I'm excited to be back. My chest still hurts because it's week one of recovery. And uh, I'll just go ahead and bring it up. For anybody who's new, yeah, I had some fun with some lung surgery. That We'll probably chat about that today. But hey, let's talk about our latest guest co-host. This gentleman, I'm loving it because he's got some of my background, only at a much different level. Uh, he, he combines technology, like he was a technology engineer, guys, Harvard MBA, serial entrepreneur, strategist to companies around the world. Something I love a part of his bio, he's a heroic speaker. We're going to dig into that because public speaking has many demographics. But he's also an innovation trainer, and he's trained in mindfulness as as a yogi. And this is actually part of my life, and it's helped me over the years recently as well. Uh, But this guy's been, his company, non-obvious company, uh, he was an engineer of Northrop Grumman, Grumman Aerospace, big company people. If you don't know what it is, Google it. They're pretty big. Um, they're big in technology, media, science. His whole life company. is wrapped around this, guys. So without further ado, he's got a huge background, but he's also got a bit of a unique skill set uh, that we're going to start the show off with today. So without further ado, our latest guest co-host, Paresh Shah, <laughs> sir. Welcome to the show. Scott, how you doing? How you doing? Dude, we've had some fun, man. Like You and I were trying to nail each other down on schedules. I decided to collapse a lung. My apologies. Uh, you know, lungs are crazy I- like that. <laughs> You got, we have spares. My, we have, my, my dad uh, is a uh, retired pediatrician and he's like, you know, we have spares of the things we use our most, our lungs, our kidneys. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, people get so, bored, they want to donate them or, or collapse exactly. them. I mean, it's a exactly. thing. So Exactly. Well, I'm glad to see you. Uh, I'm glad to see you are well. I would uh, never know. And frankly, I'm not interested in talking about the past. That's like it's February uh, I mean, it's 2019, and uh, I'm moving forward. So uh, unless you feel particularly compelled, um, I, 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 I'm meeting Scott, this <laughs> awesome guy who, for all I know, you ran a triathlon three weeks ago. Could That's have been. Well, I, I did compete in a CrossFit competition with the collapsed lung because I didn't know about it. Cause what? I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I had it, Apparently, I what? had it for three weeks, man. So... Uh, I just couldn't Imagine. figure out during the competition why, like, why I couldn't catch my breath because you know it's <laughs> it's it, you know it starts like eight o'clock in the morning and you're is a three man team or three three men team and three women teams but my team of guys we competed all day we took third um, but I, I, by the fourth workout that day I mean you have like an hour interval in between like dude I was thrashed I was like lay on the floor like man it's like I go, I got to be getting some kind of chest cold like this is so weird and one of the workouts I remember. I had to do uh, rounds of 150 jump ropes while my um, while my teammates were doing a two man deadlift hold. So I'm ripping these puppies out, and I was like, afterwards, I was like, I actually, I went, to, I went to those guys. And I'm like, dude, I think I'm getting sick, man. Like it literally felt like my lung was shaking in my chest. <laughs> I tell the people at the ER the Friday after that, and they're like, yeah, cause it was. <laughs> so I had to share that. <laughs> like you are so lucky that you're healthy and fit. Fatigued right now. Yeah, I was no, like, dude, dude, I just can't catch my breath. Like, I'm, I'm actually stretching during, like, in between the workout intervals. Like, man, I was like, my chest is killing me, man. Yeah. Apparently, I had a 35% collapse. So, yeah. Oh. 
and that hurts. It really, I've had some friends who've had that and they say it really, it hurts. It's like, Oh yeah. You know what really tickles when they jam a chest tube into your rib cage. That's fun. So I just had that taken out on Saturday. So it's, uh, I'm glad to no longer have that. Speaking about living in the are you in a moment. Screamer or are you a, I hold it with a, with just like a Zen breath what are, or both. Well, I am. I I believe in embracing all things in life, no matter what gets thrown at you. So, yes, initially, you know, them drugging me to insert a foreign object through my rib cage was something I wasn't looking forward to. Now, granted, once they had it in there, you know, it, you get used to it because it was there for like eight days. So, so you, you just you get, you get used to it. You kind of embrace them. But then, when they take that puppy out and they don't drug you for it, there's something fun too. But then when it's gone, they're like, give it 10 minutes. You're going to love life. And they're right. I, I, I definitely loved life once that was gone. So where was it? Was it uh, right? Where uh, was it? Right here. Right here is okay. right there. That, wow. That, that is the stitches right there where the final chest tube came out. Because there was a, a round one chest tube. And that because we were trying to get it to heal on its own. And then we decided to go with surgery. And then obviously in the surgery, they took that out so they could stick some cameras up in there and, and play with my lung. <laughs> and then they stuck a new one back in there while I was under. Oh, and here's the best part. They, <laughs> they told me I was going to get one of the air mask things. And they decided to put me under and give me a breathing you mean tube. like the kids want to do at the dentist so they can have the laughing gas, you mean? Dude, that's what I was hoping for because I've never been hospitalized. Like, no, I'm sorry. Let me stand corrected. When I was two years old, I had like a hernia. And I do remember like from two years old, like a gas mask going over my face. Like that's one of those traumatic experiences. I wanted that again. Yeah. You also, here's, here's what I remember. Uh, a, a gas mask, <laughs> getting uh, coming out of surgery, getting ice cream, and a Dukes of Hazard uh, matchbox. That's the, all I remember. The cat, the, the character, or the little orange car? The orange car. General the orange car. General Lee. Yeah. The, just, yeah, just the General Lee, yeah. So. Oh, dude, I love the General Lee. Just yesterday, I was telling my friend, I've got a uh, 77 Nova right under, oh. right down here in my garage. A buddy of mine had a 76. And, and it's parked so tightly in our garage because we've got, you know, not much space here um, that, and I have to pull it in backwards to be able to pull out uh, because it's long, like a Batmobile. Oh, yeah, yeah. Open. And um, I, I actually just crawled in the window and in and out. And my friend's like, dude. Yeah. You're pulling the General Lee thing. You got to look. Yeah. And you swoop. Oh, you got a little. And my daughter. And we had a little unstable. Yeah, you got a little unstable there for a second. Hold on. Yeah, I saw a little blip in the Zoom. Which is weird because I have like, I just invested $500 in internet hardware. So I know it's not on my end. Yeah, we just went full on with the highest. Oh, yeah, uh, so you sound great now. What was that all about? See, ladies and gentlemen, you never know what's happening. We are recording. You know, we just had uh, lightning storms here. Just, we were in L I'm, I live in L.A. Yeah, you guys have rain. Scott, yesterday, <laughs> I, w I was writing. I'm, I'm literally writing. We've got our book coming out. Here we are. We've been writing. My, my wife and I are doing a project together that like we're down and out writing. And in the middle of the day, it was Thunder. We're talking thunder mm -hmm. and pouring and lightning yesterday. And a friend of mine told me that a JetBlue airplane, there was like this one like boom thunder and one major lightning. I'm like, honey, look at that lightning. And apparently 
a JetBlue airplane got hit oh, by the lightning yesterday <laughs> and everyone was safe. And my friend was saying, just think about all these lives because people are like, oh my God, we could have been killed. And think about how she she painted it as how beautiful it is that like all these people, like maybe there was some people fighting or, you know, someone having some tension. I'm sure that and, quieted everybody down. And then they look at each other and go, not so bad, is it yeah. what we have? We're alive. So, um, yeah, so we got some rain here. I've always wondered, I mean, you're supposedly those jets can take the hit, but you, you don't want to test the theory. Um, they wow. had to turn around. They had turned around and, and landed. It was, it was a solid hit. Okay. I mean, was, that would make sense just from a safety standpoint. Yeah. If you're hit, you got so still, much technology. Yeah, there's, there's supposed to be some sort of Gaussian field or something around it. Some sort of, yeah. Well, it's like, if you think about it, like people think about grounding their homes or grounding their, like, you know, here on earth, it's like, how do you ground a plane in midair? You need to build, like you said, some type of uh, re like reversing field or something that can help yeah, take the yeah. hit and dissipate it back outwards through its yeah. external shell, I'm guessing. So yeah, some sort of thing. Anyway, yeah. you're such a geek. You're well, I, I mean, I don't have your engineering background, but I did originally start studying engineering when I went to college. So um, <laughs> I just decided to switch to marketing and psychology years later. So. Uh, Anyways, you were talking about your um, uh, that instrument being pulled out of the side of your yeah, chest. Times. It yeah. brought me brought me to an interesting uh, point that someone uh, once raised with me. So um, later in life, I got into spirituality. So I, you know, I was uh, an engineer, and then um, uh, a business, uh, I, I am all of these now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then I got into business and strategy and entrepreneurship and working with uh, companies and stuff. And then late recently, uh, I got into mindfulness, spirituality. I mean, you talked to, you know, friends like your other uh, podcast, like uh, yeah. like Christine, like they're, they're way out there. So I've gotten more way out there um, and not because it actually grounds us in many of the other things we're talking about, business, health, wellness, life performance, relationships. So it's all highly integrated, quantum physics business, science, psychology, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, in my uh, zeal for this newfound love of like, wow, this is all other world. That's not about thinking and being like engineering, like rational, smart. There's this whole other world around, you know, intention and positivity and putting things out there. And, you know, there's way more than me through this universe. Frankly, I'm nothing. Yeah. And so in that zeal, I started running around to all kinds of spiritual um things for like two years i became like a monk so i'm like you know go just everything Wait, I, while you're married or before married i've been married for 30 years so and this is during your whole building a family and everything kids. with four kids four something kids. came and i'm just like okay i'm going to you know this workshop and this workshop and i'm going to india to swamis i'm going to go you know back to church because i grew went to catholic school and i'm going to learn about that and let me go to uh, spend time with Thich Nhat Hanh and, you know, uh, get my Buddhist wow. rights and let me go to, you know, landmark education and let me go. So I like ran around to like every workshop. Oh, you I, have tried the landmark thing. Okay. Oh, loved it. Loved it. Actually. Yeah. It's a little weird and anything is. My that's first time was weird. I was like, uh, okay, different. Oh yeah. 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 It's, it's very weird and very, you know, very defensive. I was very defensive about it. Same so here. anyway, in my zeal and quest, I went to an unnamed, um, men's weekend. Um, and uh, a friend of mine was like, dude, you need to like get to get into your, like your inner man, uh, stuff. And, um, we did this very powerful, um, ceremony, um, 
And without saying too much about it, uh, what was said, which really struck me, because it was you know, only men there, was <clears throat> there are, just like in battle, when you have a, uh, when you get a spear or an arrow um, as a ancient, uh, you know, a soldier, which are typically men, at least according to the history that men wrote, um, when there's a spear or a wound, there are only certain, there are certain wounds that only a man can pull out of another man. Interesting. I'm not saying I agree. I'm not agreeing with that necessarily. Wait, but it's, it's, does that same concept exist in the female world too? Um, you know, uh, we didn't explore it. I was actually, you know, quite fascinated with the idea of, wow, there are certain wounds that only certain people can um, heal. And I'm not going to say man, man, for the sake of illustration here, but sure. let's say there are certain wounds that a soldier mm -hmm. can only be healed by another soldier, another warrior, because there's a certain bond, bond, yeah. yeah, that allows that. So, look, if you had a sword in you, Scott, yeah, and I mean, I can, I when they said you're going to be better in ten minutes, that's what brought this story to life for me, because I can imagine, like, you know, you're like a warrior, like you know, you're you've you fought for something you believe in, right? You're, mm -hmm. You fought for your family, you fought for whatever it is that you are. And then somewhere in that pursuit, in that, like you got this, like this thing. Yeah. And then you can die and be left or you got to move on, man. You got, and there are certain wounds that only another fill in the blank can pull out. And in this case, let's say soldier. Oh, actually, why don't we call, why don't we go with uh, maybe comrade right because comrade your comrades yeah. in arms you understand you have the, you have the, you have mutual livelihoods you do the same thing you suffer and you succeed through the same activities so there's like a different bond there different connection yeah I yeah can, I'm, and I'm if, your with you. say, if your comrade would say all right scott dude buck it up okay yeah. buck it up soldier mm -hmm. comrade tear bite, bite this thing USB to digital AV converter. There you go. Uh, and yeah, and then they, yeah. and they and they yank it out, and they say, "You're going to be fine in ten minutes. Trust me." You well, know, this and comes they, back to the mental game. I mean, because honestly, the reason why the surgeons tell you this, like when they were like, "Listen, we're going to pull your chest tube." This was Saturday morning. They did a 5:30 a.m. X-ray. This is after I'd been there for over seven days. After the Wednesday surgery, they said, "Listen, I mean, everything looks good on your X-ray at 5:30 a.m. We're going to come right. back at eight. And she's like, I'm going to pull the tube. And then, you know, the, the tube is anchored in you with a special stitch. So when they yank you, like the stitch already starts closing the wound. Uh, obviously not the same way it was back in the day. If a Roman soldier is trying to save his fellow brother, <laughs> there's no stitch there to, to automatically close that hole up. But anyway, when they, they yank- have designed this so it actually like- Oh, it's a special stitch that it's- Because it, when she pulled the tube, she showed me. There's still a stitch remnants around the tube. So when they pull it, 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 it uh, illustrates or in, instigates the, the closing process. So when they oh, finally like get the knot. final, oh yeah, when they finally yank, because that's the thing, you need to close that as fast as possible or else you're going to let air back into the chest cavity. And the whole that's point, yeah, right? That's I was like, obvious. That's oh, brilliant. So, like, so mentally, and I think the reason why they want to share that details, like, listen, we've put a special stitch on the hose. When we yank it, it's going to close it. You're going to feel better in 10 minutes because you're no longer going to have 
by the way, she showed me over a foot of plastic tube in your chest cavity. I'm like, yes, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yank away. So yeah, uh, figured you'd enjoy that. Yeah. In certain ways. <laughs> so she's like, she's like, well, do you know why you're so uncomfortable the past few days? I'm like, uh, no. Why? And she's like, well, here's everything that was in you. And I'm like, yes. That definitely explains. Yes, definitely. So what's so what's your what's your metaphoric wisdom from the pipe experience, Scott? Uh, listen to your body. Uh, I will give a shout out to another uh, up and coming podcaster, the Blind Blogger. He's actually literally blind, uh, famous for blogging, uh, amazing guy. I met him at a, at a podcast conference outside of Philadelphia. He 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 took a train from I think he lives in Texas. So he prides himself on getting himself outside of his comfort zone and doing things like as a blind man traveling and experiencing life. And he had a powerful story. I've had him on the show. Actually, I just literally, as you and I are doing this, I had a, one of those throwback posts from a year ago when I uh -huh. recorded with him. So I shared it with him today so that he could share it to his followers. I'm like, hey, man, just, you know, we got to reconnect. It's been a year. The guy's been through heck. But anyway, so Max is his name. And we talked a lot about stuff like this. And it's like, uh, he actually posted on one of my posts while I was in surgery or, you know, before surgery. And he's like, Hey, you know, Scott, I know you're Mr. Health and fitness junkie and adrenaline guy and everything else. But he's <laughs> like, you know, this is a good sign that maybe you weren't fully listening to your body. And at first I actually commented as like, Max, thank you. Know, thank you for obviously keeping up with my posts and, and call me on that. But I was like, oh. honestly, I'm a health and fitness nut. The injury is a, the injury that triggered all this was the same injury I got eight years ago when I was firefighting, and I just when when, the, when we got off the fire assignment, I went to the chiropractor and they fixed it. Now the only thing different this time was I it was over the holidays. I didn't know I I I didn't know that tall. I'm six foot four, so apparently tall, lean athletes who are sent into fits of convulsive coughing, just like emphysema or um, mm -hmm. what do kids get uh, pneumonia. Right. All that stuff, if you like, could trigger what happened to me, which I actually literally crushed an alveoli, an air sac in my lung, and it released the air, and it turned into a a, a blister on the surface of the lung, and that popped and released the air into my chest cavity. So I that can self, happen. You can just collapse. Yeah, yeah, I self collapsed my lung. So anyway, so at first I told him that, and then I went back and I found that post after the surgery, and I said, you know what, Max, thanks for calling me out, brother. I was like, because you're right. Calling me out. You know, I was like, you know what? Listening to my body. Was I truly listening? I'm Mr. Adrenaline Junkie, go, 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 go. I knew there was something wrong. I kept putting it off. My fiance is is a, is a multi-doctor for animals. Like she, we, we literally have a portable x-ray. She even offered to bring it home and x-ray <laughs> me because we, we, we do that when we're bored. Um, she's like, I, I could have given you a chest x-ray. We could have found this. And I say, well, my Cairo said no. She wanted me to go to a human radiologist to get it done right. So I put it off until that Friday. And that's what led to the ambulance ride and the ER admission and everything else. Cause they're like, well, just so you know, you have a life threatening injury and you need to go to the ER now because this could fully collapse at any point in time. And I was like, okay, yes, I will trust you and go to the ER. <laughs> so big picture is yes. Uh, was I truly listening to my body or was I muscling through it? What are your thoughts? Muscling through it. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's you're self-aware, which is great. You, we, 
we may have muscled through it. It actually relates to a conversation I was having um, just yesterday with uh, my business partners. We're writing uh, our book, Lifters, um, and we're oh, yeah, speaking talking of that, about blind spots. I'm actually going to do some screen sharing. We're talking about the blind spots. Okay. I'm listening. Um, We're going to do some screen sharing here. Oh, cool. Because you got your lifter Uh, site. I am a lifter, ladies and gentlemen, dot com. So. Yeah, and we're talking about um, the blind spots. Uh, My my, uh, wife and business partner, one of my business partners, uh, the prior screen there is some of my partners there. We, oh, yeah. um, we're talking about the blind spots we have and how many of our strengths, <clears throat> she's done a lot of work in neuroscience and psychology, how many of our strengths, our greatest strengths, end up becoming our greatest blind spots. And as you know, if you've um, gotten a taste of Landmark or any of those, AST or IIT or, or you know any of those cognitive um, kind of transformation technologies. Oh, like it's peak, often peak performance. Story. Yeah. Right. So our our strengths become our our biggest blind spots, and so are were you muscling it through it, muscling through it? Maybe or maybe not. It may have been an unconscious blind spot because uh, we we do that ourselves. Hmm. And one of the things we were discussing is lifters are positive people, like you, like many of your guests. Like lifters are positive. We're purposeful. Um, we are the future leaders of this planet and, and of business and of leadership, uh, based on a variety of, of reasons. And so. Um, one of the things I've been evaluating uh, is if lifters are the, the, the positive ones who know that you put it forward, it comes back, servant leadership. Um, what do we do when we're not so lifterish, when we're feeling down, when we're feeling, you know, not our, our brightest, uh, you know, uh, elevated self? And um, I was talking to her saying, you know what? It, to some extent, I've kind of, you know how we define our identities, like you're a gung-ho guy, right? You're super gung-ho. That's one of the identities that we create for ourselves. Uh, I was talking to my wife in a, in a moment of truth this morning, actually, at breakfast, going, you know, based on the conversation we had yesterday around how our blind spots um, are often shaped by our greatest strengths, uh, which is true, and we were, you know, kind of giving some exercises to our um, uh, classroom folks around how do you overcome that. Hmm. And then I go, I wonder to what extent, since I've sort of defined myself as kind of like this positive positivity uh, proponent, um, or, you know, I, I do wisdom yoga and I teach you know, like good stuff flows through and then I don't practice it or um, I'm not so uplifted. Um, uh, ourselves and what might that uh, create? You know, are we muscling through it? Are we denying ourselves? So it's a really interesting conversation. Part of what we are online in our workshops, et cetera, is how do we tune into our body awareness to know, am I being truthful to myself? Um, what does this, does this feel like it's the authentic me? Does this have integrity um, in my action as a leader and as, as a CEO? I coach a lot of CEOs and, you know, integrity and authenticity is really at, at the top of the dialogue of all the board boardroom discussions that we're in. And so, so, you can't find that from the logical side often is, you know, what's, what's the right thing to do in this customer uh, situation, even at the front line, you know, let's say you've got a frontline worker and there's this, there's something that happens with the customer and the manuals don't tell you what to do. The, the computer software doesn't permit you to say, Hey Scott, you know what, I'm going to give you an extra one of those and throw in this because of it's the right thing to do. And yet the system doesn't allow you to. 
And so a lot of it's tuning into our body awareness is what we teach because we're combining kind of leadership and decision-making and, and mindfulness and going, what's your body telling you? And we do a lot of exercises with our clients on this to go, how you can feel different emotions. And so to your point, you're, um, you weren't listening to your body is a really, um, uh, a good question for us to explore every day uh, around everything our physical uh, selves our emotional selves our spiritual selves I like where oh, you're going with this because um, you actually got me thinking more because actually it connects me also back to your really cool point about historic soldiers that bond the the injury recovery the mindset right uh, even though we talk about health business and lifestyle on this show mindset I found over the past two years, you know, over two years now of doing this show, it just always, always ends up coming to the surface, right? Always, always, it's, always, always, and always. It cracks me up because as you were talking just now, I'm clicking, like I'm listening, but I'm also, I'm like, oh, okay, let me take his feedback. Let me see if I can make some connections. And boom, it came out. I was like, wait a minute. Part of my backstory, because I'm also finishing a, a, my first book. Well, this is my first book is, is, you're probably like a multiple now, right? I've been a contributing writer to um, other books and to articles. This is my first book book oh. of my own. And the first piece of advice I would give to anyone, hey, if you're thinking of writing a book like Scott or anyone who's thinking of writing a book, let you give, let me give you some advice um, right. that I wish someone had given me. Shut up and don't tell anyone about it. Because ah. when you're yapping about, I'm writing a book, I'm writing a book. And you don't realize how hard it is, how long it takes, it does, yeah. and how much you're going to beat yourself up for, dang, this should have been done. Yeah, I actually, uh, while I was in the hospital, I was beating myself up that I, because I've already, I've already written it. It's already, it's already been written, uh, but I have to move into, um, actually, I, I, I joke did around. Did you beat yourself with that pipe? Yeah. Doink, 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 doink. I, I've, I've joked around that I actually didn't even write it. I, I voice transcribed the whole thing because I travel so much on business. Temi, Temi's my friend. I used uh, Otter, Otter.ai. Um, yeah, fantastic. Otter's great. Yeah, They're great. So They're I was like, dude, I'm just going to you know, voice transcribe it, then convert it to text, load it into Word or whatever, and then build the out the chapters. So, it's the greatest. That's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, you talked about uh, mindset, Scott, and um, uh, it ultimately comes down to mindsets, always mindsets. And so um, when we talk about lifter leadership, mm -hmm. so – do you get what a lifter is? Like, give me in your own words what you think a lifter is. And I'm going to posit to you that lifters are the future leaders of this world. They're what's needed in every company to solve the top four problems that every CEO is facing that we work with clients on. And those four problems are innovation and disruption. 88% of CEOs are not happy with the pace of innovation and everyone's scared to death that they're going to be disrupted to like obli you know, oblivion. So... Lifters are the best innovators, okay? So that's number one. Number two, the second problem that every company is facing is the problem they call worker engagement, okay? Um, seven out of 10 workers are what Society for Human Resources calls, the technical world is disengaged. Mm -hmm. Let's just say seven out of 10 people don't give up. Fill in the blank, Scott. Uh, crap. Don't get... <laughs> they, don't the they just don't care. They're not, they don't they're, care. Not, uh, they're not dialed in enough to care. Right. Exactly. It's an attunement. You get it. It's about attunement. So the uh, second thing that lifters are best at, uh, amongst others, is they're the most motivated workers, whether they be frontline, middle management, CEOs, um, and they're the most motivating mm. as leaders. So that's the second thing about lifter leaders. The third thing is they build trust. 
and believability with customers. So they're your best ambassadors. You know what percentage of companies are trusted today, Scott? Let's play prices right, higher or lower. Ooh, I'm going low because I love branding and I love transparency, but a lot of companies are afraid to be true and transparent. Authentic, and exactly. Thank you, authenticity, yes. And it's like, yeah. the sooner you could be authentic, the sooner a lot of your legal BS falls away too, mind you. So let's throw that in yes. there as a variable. Yes, yes. Everybody's afraid. And, well, and rightly so, because they're not thinking with their body. So let's no. get back to body awareness, okay? We teach around how do you have your authentic voice? We teach storytelling, okay? How do you have an authentic voice? How do you be authentic? And you can't just go, I'm going to be authentic. Like what feedback loop and getting back to body awareness and paying attention to your body. You know when you're not being authentic. You know when you're out of integrity. We talk about integrity. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we uh, ask our audience to do when I'm giving keynotes, I'll say, okay, let's all think of a time when we broke a rule. Yeah. How did it feel? Okay. And now, how many of us went back and said, I broke the rule because it was the right thing to do and I went back and fixed it. <laughs> and think of the different feeling between I broke a rule and I kind of like out of integrity, I kind of did something that was bad, naughty, broke a rule, whatever, versus I broke a rule because I felt it was the right thing to do and I went back and I fixed it. These are different feelings in your body. Like, can, can you even uh, map kind of, Scott? Like, give me a sense because you've got great body awareness. If one is like, oh, I got away with something. I, I, I broke, I snuck, I, okay? Uh, and the other one is, you know what? Um, I broke the rule and it was the right thing to do. And I went back to my organization. I said, hey, look, there's something broken in the system and you've asked me to be an owner, a lifter to help lift the, my company by lifting my customers and their experience, by lifting my coworkers with my positivity and by being helpful, by lifting my community, by being a, you know someone who cares about sustainability and our planet and all that. So uh, I want to lift my company too by saying, hey, something's broken. Uh, so I had to do something. Now let's go back and fix it. Describe those two feelings in your body, Scott. The first one, as soon as you said it, it doesn't click with me. Maybe maybe when I was younger in my career, because I was still learning about myself, probably, like in my 20s, yeah. But when you say that now, I, I, I immediately threw that first one out. I'm more number two, you know, scenario B, because I've as I've matured and as I've grown throughout life, I've increased uh, personal development, professional development. I am, I mean, Live the Fuel started literally as inspirational and motivational posts on Facebook. Uh, that's how, and then like this before the fire, the logo, the podcast, everything else, you know? So I remind people that it is our choice how we show up day in and day out. It is our that's choice right. how we show up getting out of bed, not just showing up in your cubicle or your office, or in my case, right. when I left all that behind and became the, the firefighter for a couple of years, like we all have right. a choice. And that's right. to your point, if you're going to commit to being a lifter, and it's not even a commitment to me when I, because I did your, you know, I, I went through your whole site. I love your, actually, I'm going to share again while I'm saying this. They also have this great uh, diagnostic, ladies and gentlemen, when you go to IamALifter.com and click on diagnostic right there's a little lifter leadership diagnostic. So, uh, so shout out to that. So, but it's people need to be reminded that you have a choice. If you're, if you're surrounding yourself with the negative Nancy's that term, you know, <laughs> at, at the office, that's your choice. You're going back to a famous Jim Rohn quote. We're the product of the five people we spend the most time with. And to me, exactly. if I am working with an innovative company or an innovative business, whatever it may be, I want to know that 
if I'm going to bring them in as a client, they have to click with me too. Like I'm going to tell them like, listen, when I work with businesses, I step in as an owner. I'm not trying to own your company. I want you to know that I step in day in, day out and I'm thinking like an owner. And I'm going to call you on some shit that you might not like. And maybe (laughs) our contract ends. Blind spots, right? Right. Blind spots. Because you'll call people on their blind spots. Yeah. Just like your your blind friend called you on your maybe blind spot. Yeah. Isn't it funny how a blind man called you out mm-hmm. on a blind spot? And and I, you know what? At first, it, it, it might even have, like, upset me because I think deep down I knew he was right. And again, after you and I have been <laughs> exactly. talking here, I realized why I was a blind spot. I joked around how, oh, I displaced my rib back when I was firefighting. Well, what did all my fire brothers do? Dude, suck it up. I kept hiking with a 40 pounds of gear and a chainsaw. (laughs) Now, granted, because I couldn't breathe properly back then, I gave them the chainsaw and I switched back to a digging tool because I was a wildland firefighter out west. You live in California. Yeah, I was on one of the elite hotshot crews. So, yeah, I don't know if you knew the whole backstory, but there you go. I knew you were a firefighter, but I didn't know you were like such a badass firefighter. All all firefighters are badass. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. To go towards fire when we are programmed from the minute we play with matches to go away, that way. That was my... uh, that was my adventure to give me an excuse to leave the cubicle world for a little while. And, and it obviously Charge the fire yeah. and do the fire. Well, so that anyway, so that was a, dude, that's a 16 hours a day on a fire line. You're one of the elite. There's only 110 nowadays. There's 110 hotshot crews in the nation. So that's the uh, nation. 2,200. That's it. 2,200 hotshots. How many hot shots. are there? How many Rangers are there? I don't know. Yeah. Let I mean, they, according to the movie they came out many. with last it's year. Yeah, the, the movie uh, Only the Brave came out last mm-hmm. year. They called us uh, the Navy SEALs of Wildland Firefighting. I didn't use the words, but it made me feel good about doing that job now because I'm like, ooh, totally cool. I mean, I got a belt Seals buckle are- out of it. That's about it. So, uh, SEALs <laughs> are great. Seals and are and great. All, all of the life changing experience, right? So, full circle on your answer is that uh, I. Even though like I was expected to just be a grunt on the fire line because I had no firefighting background, I was able to get onto an elite hotshot crew. This is all going into the book. But uh-huh. tying this into what you and I are discussing, I still brought the lifter mindset. I was considered the old guy on the crew because I was 31, 32 at the time. Uh, right. I'm now 41. So I was called the old guy because everybody is just like the military. You, they're, they're purposely hiring kids you know, oh, 18 yeah. to 24, they're moldable. So their mindsets are different around are. what's possible. Yeah. Yep. So I already, I, at that point in time, I'd already run my first marathon. I'd already been doing hundred plus, hundred plus mile, you know, uh, charity bike rides for, you know, I'm a, I'm an endurance guy. So I yeah. plugged in well there. I interviewed well, thanks to my business background. My, cause my squad, or my superintendent who hired me, he's like, Scott, he's like, your resume does not fit this job at all. He's like, you, you forced me to get very creative. I do like the fact you have the mindset. My only side effect concern is that have you been molded or developed too much? And will you like bump heads be, be flexible in your mind? So they right? were, they want a lifter to a certain point, but they yes. don't want too much of a lifter that questions the, the programming. Cause they're very governmental, right? It's very militarized. There is right. a order of command. You're trained to trust your life based on the decisions of your hierarchy. Right, right. 
Right. So, but you can that. There's no some of the best lifters come in very regimented organizations because oh, look, a lifter. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, let's not get lifters wrong. <laughs> lifters are everyday ordinary people who elevate their coworkers, their customers, their community through a certain way of showing up. So it's not that you are or are not a lifter, all right? Cause that creates this whole otherism. They kind of like this classism of, oh, well, I'm a lifter. Are you a lifter? He's a lifter too. So we don't want to create otherism. That's what's causing the most pain in the world right now, Scott, mm. is otherism, okay? You're referring to comparisons? Crap. Huh? Are you referring to like overly comparing things all the time or? Um, comparing people uh, and saying you're a this and I'm a that. You're a Republican, I'm a Democrat. You're a, a uh, executive and I'm a worker. You're an immigrant, I'm a there. You're a Hindu, I'm a Christian. And the the you're and I'm a in terms of a binary, like a distinct category of otherness is is when we when I teach my mindfulness work and kind of wisdom teachings. Uh, it's something that my students kind of get tired of hearing about. Um, and uh, and I too beat myself up over it because I fall into it is we can't get into this otherness and say, well, you're a that and I'm a this. So lifters, it's not that you are or not a lifter, positive, purposeful, authentic, there to make a difference, pay it forward, finding a way to take your creative uh, divine expression that you are, this unique aspect of who you are, and somehow inject it into what you're about and how you show up in the world so that everybody benefits. Hmm. It's not that you are or you're not. It's how do you show up, to your point. How do you show up in the moment? And someone who has a propensity to continually show up Right. With that uplifting attitude, that positivity, that choice that you made to go, you know what? I can stay in the hospital and beat myself up or I can have a positive attitude. And right. So. Oh, yeah. The nurses loved me. The doctors loved me. Like, I'm sure the nurses loved you. Like I'm sure whole, you handed up and we're flirting with all yeah. of them. And they probably. To, a, to a limit. I do have my fiance. You know, she's going to come in. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because you're right. Because I because I, I, you, you back to energy. Right. You could feel like I don't like hospitals. Um, I let's just be real. I mean, you want to get in and get out as fast as possible. They're a petri dish of all kinds of good, you know, good and bad. Um, <laughs> but that's why I was like, dude, I have a choice. Like I was laughing in the ER. I'm posting selfies. I'm even when I'm like coming out of surgery, I post this like like a retarded smile. Pardon the term, not re but you know, like, yeah, exactly, like, drugged yeah. out. Like guys, yeah, like right. dude, I'm not gonna hide anything. Like I can actually thank this show creating this show, it has just brought me even more transparent than I've ever been in my life. And I, and I, I find power, I find energy, I find strength in that. And to your point, me being the lifter, I've always been the go-to guy to help others. I'm always trying to find a do charity or do this and do that. Right. I and mean, it's a hundred mile runs for charity. Well, <laughs> I mean, bi biking, biking, not, not run. Oh, I'm sorry. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Walking even. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. It's the way my brain is wired. I like to just, right. you're some wired people say, Oh, you're a, you like to punish yourself. I'm like, am I punishing myself or am I freeing myself? By giving right now, let me, let me um, explore this question of wiring. Hmm. Okay. Because you said I'm wired that way. Based on our research, and we've been doing this for 20, 25 years, lifters, mm -hmm. well, these new leaders, by the way, you got to have them in your company or you're screwed. If you watch my TEDx talk, basically, it's lifters are creating a whole new world, just like the nerds did. Like the, the ability for you and I to do what we're doing right now for free from where are you right now, Scott? Where are I, you calling from? Oh, our north of Philadelphia. 
Okay, Allentown, you're in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Yeah. Here I am in SoCal, California. We're doing this for free. We're actually videotaping each other. We're yeah. video creating, sharing. Like that's impossible. So the nerds and geeks created an impossible world that no one could have dreamed of just a few years ago, and no company could do without them. And if you knew what where the world was going you would go, oh my God, I got to have nerds and geeks, even though I don't understand them. I may not agree with what they're saying, but they understand what's happening. What I say in my TED talk there um, and what our research and what our team has been researching and we're writing about is, and I'll say this to your listeners as well, lifters are creating a whole new world that's bigger and brighter than the world we live in that we as nerds also created. Anyone can be a lifter. Nerds can be lifters. And this new world is one that is imbued with compassion, caring, creativity, connectedness, cooperation. And these are like the new um, uh, uh, energies that are creating all kinds of new uh, opportunities and challenges for organizations. And the cool thing is all this stuff sounds nice. Positivity, Scott. Oh, you know, gung-ho attitude. You know, he biked 100 miles. He took a pipe out of his chest. He's a Mr. Happy Man. But the fact is um, the the analytical person in me, the, the MBA, the consultant, the CEO, you know, CFO um, advisor can stay, look at you and say, and if you practice these conscious practices of being a lifter or conscious practices generally, which are around positivity, mission, purpose, serving others. According to the Harvard Business Review, you can perform 10 and a half times better because of the innovation, the motivation, the trust and believability. And the fact, the fourth thing that these lifters are great at is aligning purpose, social responsibility with profit. They get it. They see them not as competing, but they see them as symbiotic. And so that's what's exciting is all this, you know, love and harmony and rah-rah and caring and positivity. Now there's there's quantitative, um, you know, metrics around this to say, dude, you will be left out. It's like going, ah, I don't want to be on the internet. That's what's happening now. And lifters are the new rock stars. They're the new rock stars. They totally are. Um, and they're the most important customers to understand because they get it. They're going to be the most influential and powerful customers and employees and leaders. And, and you're one. And we sometimes fall out because of these blind spots and things like that. Sure. And that's okay because lifters lift each other and go, need a wake up call. right? I'm your comrade, yeah. right? I'm your comrade. Um, and you know, it gets back to attitude. You know, I, I was thinking, when did you get that pipe out? Saturday. So today is Friday. So almost Friday. a week ago. Okay. And this, this is the, the perfect, um, contrast. So here you are with your super positivity. You've always been there, you know, for people, etc. So you're, you're a lifter, uh, intrinsically and, and, you know, to your listeners, again, I, I, like let's speak, let's pause on that. I had to build that over years. Like I was Yeah, you probably got crushed a couple points to help you. You probably had some like humility boulders fall on your head. Like we all yeah. continue to at times and things like right. Mac trucks and then a steamroller. Oh yeah. Because um, that that's the point. Is like that's the universe challenging you to st step up and come back even stronger once again. That's how I look at it. Exactly. Yeah, and it's hard. And so lifters lift each other up. And so lifters are creating this whole new world, Scott. And so you think about it. I don't want this just to be a metaphor, okay? I want if there's one thing I want you to get, because you get lifters. And if you are the only one who gets this, 
Scott, and none of your listeners do, I've done my job today on a Friday <laughs> afternoon. Southern well, I would love to, I, I would love to be able to, I would love surfing. to guarantee you that there's going to be a percentage of my audience that do get it. But so, okay. but keep going. So here, here, here's the trade-off. So, uh, as you know, I love music. We were talking about music earlier. Um, and so Friday, uh, Wednesday night, I, um, uh, Rush is one of my favorite, uh, bands. I, mean, I love like hard rock, heavy metal. I, I love all all music. Um, but I have a particular affinity for certain, you know, eighties, uh, seventies, eighties stuff. And so Rush is one of my favorite bands. So a friend of mine from East coast, uh, texted me saying, Hey dude, Giddy Lee is going to be signing his books in LA. So I went to a wow. book signing. Uh, and uh, oh, I should go get the book. Down. I, I'll, I should show it's, it's, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to, you're going to talk for like 30 seconds and I'm going to go run and get it. Yeah. And it's, it's the big bad book of bases. Cause there's never been a compendium that curated the best of bases. Um, uh, wow. There's been plenty of books about guitars yeah. and you know, like guitars. Um, a friend of mine actually has one. It's, it's 108 greatest guitars. It's and they're beautifully photographed. Like that's you know, the guitar that. Well, you're I, you're talking to a guy who grew up around guitars. I did not play like you, but uh, okay. the the famous Martin guitar is 50, about 20 minutes from where I live. Martin, I the Yogi and me bows to <laughs> whoever was able to craft that sound. It's 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 divine. Yeah. So. So I'm going, so I'm like all excited and my, um, uh, so I head out to West Hollywood and there's this cool, uh, books short books, uh, store called the soup bookstore. And I'm running kind of late cause I had some other things to wind up and I'm walking down the street and there's like all these people. I'm like, wow, this is cool. I'm in LA. There's a book signing and they played their last concert a couple of years ago and they are done, done, done. I went to the last concert they ever played. For sure this time. And they're really because they're drummer. I mean, he's just yeah. his body's a wreck. Yeah, he, it's a, so, they, have, they have impacted so many musicians over the years. Oh, it's, yeah, it was great. So I go there and I pick up my books and then I'm so then I go, OK, wait in line. So I'm walking down the line, going down West Hollywood along the block. And there's all these cool people, like amazing people. I'm watching. And I'm like, this is cool. There's like old people, young people. There's kids. There's women. There's there's all Everybody. it's. People, all walks of life, all walks of life. No one cared whether you're Republican, Democrat, this religion, that religion, immigrant, not CEO or, you know, uh, barista. <laughs> These were lifters. They were just like all, like everyone's just being in the vibe. Everyone's comrades. So what was cool was I'm walking and I'm over listening to, con uh, to the conversation. Let's not say everyone was uh, uh, lifters because <clears throat> this was the difference. There's a guy named Scott who's, you know, hamming it up with the uh, orderlies and you know, these these physicians and nurses who are working, you know, amazing hours. And they have they're just what some of the stuff we do is around compassion and empathy and healing. And some of the most giving professions in the healthcare industry, we work with them. They don't take care of themselves. Oh God, no! Uh, their their self care yeah. is awful. Yeah. So we work with them to go. How do we integrate that into the culture of your company? And so we're walking down and the line is going around the block. So here's the bookstore and it's like one block. And then there's like a hotel. So yeah. the line stopped. I was like, Oh, maybe the line stops there. No, they had actually had a, a, a little opening so people could go. And then the line kept going. And I was like, this did is it go, cool. Did it go around the corner? 
and it went around the corner and around the corner again. Oh, and so, there were, so when I got to the back of the line, there was these uh, four guys talking and this uh, uh, a lady, she had flown in from somewhere for this. And I, I was like, there are two types of people, I think. Mm-hmm. They're the type that as they're walking down the, this thing and the books are heavy, like each one's like carrying two books is really heavy because they're full of these slicks of these amazing uh, guitars. I'll show them to you. Oh, no. Yeah. As soon as you finish this, this line, I'm going yeah, to give you a, yeah. a, a breather and I'll catch people. And I'll up. run and get it. So yeah. there's two types of people. There are the ones that are like, oh, man, line's long. He's going to be tired, you know, because it's like three or four hours. Uh, I want to do other stuff. Oh, man, the line's still going. So there was a couple of those. And I'm going down going, dude, there's more of us. Yeah. We're still alive. And they're young. And yeah. they're bringing their kids. And I want this to just go like all the way up to the Hollywood sign. That's so awesome. there's two types of people and that's the choice that you made, right? There's people who go, dude, I got a pipe in my chest and life sucks and I'm going to wallow in it and woe pity is me, which we all do. I've done it. I just did it yesterday, by the way. So we all do it to different mm-hmm. extents. And then there are people who are lifters. And so the point of being a lifter is you show up as best as you can and we're not too hard on ourselves and we support each other. And it's about mindsets and my, and what we call is mind shifts. And we've actually identified four mind shifts that we teach in our training and in our online course, because we've talked about mind shifts uh, and mindsets. And I'd like to share one or two with you to see what your thoughts are on them. Okay. You want to do that now or you want to grab the book first? Can you, can you hear me, Scott? Yeah, you were cutting out for a second. It's it's the wonderful world of the internet. Oh yeah, okay. Did you want to grab that book? Because I could pause. Hold on, I'm having a go. Okay. All right, guys. He grabbed the book. That was like a split second transition. So there it is. This thing is beefy, dude. This Big is, beautiful this is... book of base. That's was that? Two, is that kidding. two inches thick? At least. At, at least yeah dude at and least. you're carrying multiple of those and holding them in the street they uh permitted you to, to have two uh autographed and then i bought a third one for a friend of mine uh on, which i didn't autograph so anyway he was just great and so yeah this is the getty lee's big beautiful book of bass and he's curated basis because no one's really curated oh wow a really great book of some of the greatest Bases, the Gibson. Oh, like he literally has the actual bass, ladies and gentlemen. He's showing it on video. You can see this on YouTube, but it's not just a bass, like electric bass guitars. Like he's actually got, you know, the actual like the the instruments you would see in an orchestra and stuff like that too. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so it's one of the greatest uh, compendiums. He's basically curated um, some of the greatest bases, and and you know he was. I was. Uh, listening to an interview by Giddy Lee, who's their singer and uh, bassist and keyboardist. Uh, and uh, he says he, he used to collect uh, stamps and coins and things when he was younger. And he really loved curating these things and, you know, uh, understanding the stories behind them. And I used to do that with my dad. And uh, so he's like, no one's done that about bassists. And so it's really great. His, is that his up- own collection? Or he just, you know I don't think they're all his, but he has one of the largest collections on the last concert that they ever had, which was called R40. Yeah. And I went to it here at the forum in LA, the very last concert after 40 years. 
um, apparently almost every song he had a different bass. And so I want to watch the video of it and mark them in the book and go, okay, that is, you know, Tom Sawyer. And that is Limelight. And that is, you know, Closer to the Heart. And, you know, it's so... And he was a really great guy. I, you know, he, he spent time, four hours signing books. We sign our own books. It's hard to sign books for even 20 minutes. It's exhausting because, you know, you want to be present to the people. And he was there for four hours standing and spending time with each person. He was a lifter. You know, he wasn't just like, you know, shove it on. And just writing each person's name. Each that, person's you know, that, name. that goes back to right? channeling your energy and everything too, you know? Yeah. Ah, absolutely. He And he really was present for everyone. And, um, you know, all these people are, you know, everyone had their thing to say and he really received it because he's Zen. The lyrics of Rush are super philosophical. A, a lot of it is lifter. It's lifter-ish in terms yeah. of, you know what, it's it's be yourself and, and serve. And uh, so I said to him, and you're always nervous about when you meet like one of your idols um, since 1977 or so. I've loved this guy. And so I said, uh, I've had a lot of teachers in my life. And in some ways, I've now become a, a teacher as well uh, of wisdom. And much of my teachings is imbued with uh, the uh, spirit of radio and the, the sounds uh, that you guys have created that, brought every, that bring people closer to the heart. And he was... Um, so present to each person, it was beautiful. Mm. So he was a lifter and, and uh, uh, it's all about the mindset, right? I got a pipe in my chest, the line is long or short. Yeah. And it's all about the mind shifts and lifters have four specific mind shifts that um, we teach our clients to uh, practice because you can't just do a hundred mile bike-a-thon the first day. And yeah. so it's about shifting your mind, not setting yeah, to, it. That's uh, what we call uh, it, the mind shift. As has been common in the past over six months, almost 12 months now, a common quote that keeps coming up, and yeah, it's my fitness background, but it's like you have to put in the reps. But most importantly, you, you have to put in the right reps, and that's where the power of coaching and guidance and, and working with the right influencers will help hone those reps and will help actually shorten that timeline. Like I surrounded myself exactly. with people better than me to help me get the hell out of the hospital faster. So right, you brought your comrades in. You brought your comrades. Yeah. I in. had close friends right. of mine that I never thought would come, and they were all the right people. I said, you know what? I didn't ask for people to come. People came on their own, and it was exactly. such a powerful transfer of energy. I, and I'm, I was so humbled by that because it is, energy. It is a transfer yeah. of energy. Literally, yeah. it is. It's healing. So yes. And lifters get that. Lifters get it's all energy. Lifters get what you put out, you get out. And lifters get it's not just words. This is energy. It's it's quantum physics. Positivity attracts positivity. It magnetizes. Okay. And when we serve others, it just comes back as a company, as a nonprofit, as a church, as a school, as a student. And so people are getting this. And what's so cool is we're shifting into this new world so quickly because Things can, ideas can spread so fast through the magic of these kinds of podcasts and, um, you know, all kinds of distribution that it's happening um, at, at, at a very exciting rate, this new world, because this mind shift is reinforcing it. Some of these lifter mind shifts um, that, that, that are just reinforcing each other. Uh, do you want to hear one of them? Because you're totally going to get the, one of the mind shifts. Absolutely. This is, again, you're okay. just reinforcing why I still have a podcast because 
there's there's more voices like yours to be shared. There's more listeners to acquire and then help them pass on to other people's shows or other people's influencers. Like I'm just I've I've become a medium. That's it. This platform. That's why you're a co-host. Please share. <laughs> you get it. So the first mind shift we talk about. So there's four mind shifts. The first one we say is the hunt is over. Mm. The hunt is over. Okay. And so what we mean by that, and each mind shift, we train our clients either in their online training or in the, in the workshops that we do around how do you practice them? What reps do you need to put in? How do you shift your mindset, right? In yoga, when I teach yoga, there's, you can't meditate for an hour. The first time you start with just breathing for a minute or 10 seconds and you build up just like your first mile on your bike. Mm -hmm. So the first mind shift we call the hunt is over. And, uh, on, in my TEDx talk, I talk about this a little bit, uh, is, for instance, we've been brought up for the forever, at least for the past 150 years, to have the mindset that I was taught when I was at Harvard Business School, which is to be very effective at hunting for customers, targeting you, capturing you, segmenting you, analyzing you, so I could have my share and the competition can't have of this scarce resource. It's mine. And so that has been the mindset of the world, businesses, governments, organizations, predator, prey, victim, victor, competition, scarcity, mine, mm -hmm. uh, not your, me, not we. And that mindset around scarcity, competition, power dynamic between haves, have nots, etc., has basically been ingrained in our consciousness. And what's happening right now with beautiful people like you who are lifting the message, passing on, being mediums, is this we're shedding this mindset into a new mind shift. And we call it the hunt is over. And because lifters like you understand, you don't have to hunt, hunt, capture customers and you know have employees that work for you as like your little you know, worker bees. No, we're all collaborating. We're all comrades. And so lifters don't need to hunt, target, capture. Lifters attract customers. I was waiting for the word. I was like, there it is. Law of attraction in a, in a professional platform. We inspire them. We serve them. We lift them. And do you, getting back to body, listening to your body, do you feel how amazingly different your body feels just through those words we talked about? Oh, absolutely. I was literally, was, as you were saying it, I was just thinking about how the past yesterday and today, I don't know why it popped in my head, just you talking, but I was like, you know, this is reasons why I have the ability to go off of their medication that I'm required to take. I'm like, am I, am I? Because my pain subsides day by day by day by day. And I'm only on recovery day five, six ish. So it's like, okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that, and so with that hunt is over, like we have to break out of that sales transactional, gotta get it, go get it, rah, rah, rah. Now we need a channel for that. I'm not saying that, con like, I love winning, like, you know, the game, you know, sports and Super Bowls. It's part like, of sales. But, I, I've been a sales right. professional for years before firefighting right. and after again. It's like, it, it's, it's fun. It's a new game though. It's a cool new game. Cause it used to be about me winning versus we winning versus they winning. And this is like a three level strategy, like stratagem game. A one level game is chess, but I think in like Star Trek, remember they used to have like three level, like a three three levels chess game. Oh and yeah, like that 3D concept or something. I forgot that. what it was called, like stratagem or yeah. something. 
it's like I'll trade you the Romulan Empire if you can, you know, beat me in a great game of stratagem. Captain I think I think they even had a, a another version of that in the uh, Star Wars uh, old, old school, the original stuff that was made. They had some yeah. kind of like multi-tiered, uh, you know, beasts attacking others, but they were playing. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, 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 exactly. You got it. Yeah. So that's so. What's cool is the hunt is over. Okay, it's over. And if you watch my TEDx, you realize this whole mindset I'm talking about. We realized this, and I was like, oh my god, it's a big misunderstanding that we've been operating with this mindset that I just described. The whole way the world's been operating about me, competition, go get it, hunt, transact. That's actually a big mistake. And Charles Darwin had something to do with that mistake. Watch my TEDx and you'll go, oh my God, we've been operating with a big mistake. Yeah. So that's the new mind shift. The hunt is over. It's not about hunting and targeting. It's about attracting, serving, inspiring, and bringing compassion like you did to your coworkers, the, the caregivers of you in the hospital. Yep. You, you brought compassion. Their job was to bring you compassion. You brought them compassion because you're a lifter. It, it was so weird. Like I don't how you did it. I didn't think about it till you mentioned it now. Actually, roll one quick. Ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, we've referred to the TEDx multiple times. I'm gonna make sure the actual video I just took note will be embedded in the actual blog content. Like we always do, we like to embed videos in, on livethefield.com for his episode. But also, just a reminder, this will also be linked in the show notes. Go to nonobviouscompany.com, and it's there on his personal bio profile under the team. But back to your point, um, yeah, I— uh, Actually, go to imalifter.com. That would be the— Oh, and you got it last... there, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So there you go. He's got it everywhere. <laughs> but obviously, we are, we are living in the I am a lifter uh, domain today. So, But to yeah. your point— I, the first thing I thought about, I, it's now second nature. It's just, I'm sitting there and I'm like, these people probably get beat up day in and day out. They're cleaning up people's number twos and their number ones. Mm -hmm. And you know, mm -hmm. I'm referring to things that leave the body. You know, these, it's mm -hmm. just, it's a harsh job. So whether it be, because uh, I didn't realize how many different people were helping me. I, they have a dry erase panel with people where you have people put their names in, in each room. So as they rotate shifts, somebody else comes in, updates all the names, who's going to be working with me for the next 12 hours because they do 12-hour shifts. It's like, so mm. immediately, every single person, I'm just like, dude, that person's a, phys a physician assistant. That person's the actual doctor. That person's a mm. resident supporting the doctor. That person's the head attending doctor over all of it. That person's mm -hmm. the primary nurse. That person's the primary <laughs> uh, a PCA primary care assistant. I was like, okay. So it took That's me a couple That's your wide days. receiver over there. Right. I, I, got, I, got, I got a whole squad. I was like, dude, <laughs> I was so honored by that. As like my first yeah. legit adult hospitalization. I'm like, I need to appreciate these people. Now, granted, people were ripping on me because on social media, I was posting how bad the food was because I'm a health <laughs> and nutrition nut. And I tell people how you feel your body is what you get out of it. So I was That's having true. my fiance bringing my, my stuff in to compensate for their lack. But I always reminded people, I have friends in the medical profession. I have nothing, this is nothing against the personnel. I'm referring to the system <laughs> that's influencing the medical world, ergo, exactly. nutrition, everything else. The personnel are second to none amazing. So I wanted to make yes. sure that they, when they came to my room, they would look forward to coming to my room. That's totally. What, yeah. Well, you know what? You raise a great point. You're actually leading me to lifter um, mind shift number two, I'm going to give you a, a little glimpse of it's tune or consequences. That's what we call this. There's the first one. We say the hunt is over. We like, we pick up our, our spears above our head and we drop them to kind of, um, make that a, a, uh, 
you know, a kinesthetic for us to go, hey, the hunt is over so that our mind can basically start going, hey, it's over. So you can make yourself more is, approachable, right? Allowing exactly. things to come in. Exactly. Just allow rather than hunt and pursue. It's a whole different mind shift. And that's not just in business and sales and marketing and leadership. It's in life. You know that. Hmm. The second mind shift we call tune or consequences. And what we mean by that is we must by default be authentic and have integrity. And so what we teach in the skills and practices is how do you attune to that? And just like you're saying, how you feed your body affects everything. How you you know, listen to your body affects everything. So we help people understand that by attuning, you can not only know about integrity or not integrity, you can become a greater innovator. You can become more creative. You become more intuitive. And I run an innovation company. That's the other one you were mentioning, the nonobviouscompany.com, nonobviouscompany.com. And so one of the, the big messages there is we're shifting from a greater need for creativity, intuition to inform our decisions in balance with our practical, you know, key performance metrics, numbers, profits, et cetera. And so by attuning to your body in what you feed it, how you treat it to your point, how you respond to the people around you as you did with compassion, you're actually attuning to the vibration that is uplifting to everyone. And there's so much research, I won't get into it now because I'm not an expert on it, <laughs> on as we move into you know, being pleasant, being grateful, um, being loving, being peaceful, it's actually a higher frequency. It's a higher vibration. You're tuning your radio to a higher bandwidth and it actually lifts everyone up. Actually, your frequency is like a big amp and you're just like cranking your amp up to 11, a Marshall stack, and it drowns out the negativity. It yep. drowns it out. And back back to my, my band uh, Rush that I love so much. Getty Lee, thank you for my autograph. There it is. Beautiful book of bass. Um, is that you just... Everyone benefits from that. Everyone benefits by you rocking a higher vibration. And that's what lifters do. Um, so yeah, uh, we'd love to help you guys out um, in any way I can. I'm here for you. So Actually, um, and on that note, because we do have to bring the show to a close, you've already confirmed that we're going to have a special link, right? So it's going to be, yes. uh, again, anything, all the stuff he's been intriguing us with, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to be able to dig into it. Go to IamALifter.com forward slash live the fuel, right? Live the fuel. There we go. Live the fuel. I A M A L I F T E R. There we go, people. Lifter.com. Could you lift other people? You lifters are everyday ordinary people who lift their coworkers like Scott, their customers like you all do by attracting your community like you did in that hospital with, with that big whiteboard full of people who are there to tend to you to make sure you're still alive so we can, you know, rag on each other today. And, you know, you could lift, you could continue to be that medium. And that's what we understand. We're mediums. And when we're mediums, it just works. So yeah, I'm a lifter.com slash lift the fuel. And we're going to give you, um, there's my TEDx talk. If you'd like to take a look at that, uh, my team did an amazing job on that. I, I highly uh, encourage you to see that 
and ask yourself, how am I a lifter? Because I'm sure you are if you're listening to Scott. Um, and I'm just the front man for an amazing band. Uh, my team uh, has as much to do with that uh, as, as I do. I'm just the suit in the front. Um, this, the second thing is we've got that diagnostic that Scott was uh, telling you about to just see, you know, where, where are you on that continuum of this new evolution of leadership? Like we need a new type of leader and companies around the world are going, oh my God, we get this. And it's kind of like this, uh, the, what people call it is kind of like the new habits of highly effective people. Remember uh, Stephen Covey's great stuff, Seven Habits. This is sort of for today's time around consciousness, creativity, compassion, caring, all the stuff you guys are all about. Uh, and then the uh, third thing is my uh, book is coming out and we'll send all your friends uh, who are listeners uh, a free little excerpt or preview of it as it's coming about. That's going to be out later this year by Idea Press Publishing. And um, yeah, we also have uh, online training for, uh, we have workshops we do for clients. Um, and a lot of HR departments are like, come on in. This is what we need to do a transformation of culture from a lot of the issues companies are facing, um, hashtag issues, to the modern way of of leading that engages and creates innovation and, and aligns purpose and builds trust. And we have an online course that we've recently um, put together because I couldn't run out around everywhere with my team. And we've got small businesses, students uh, who uh, want to do that. So that's coming about as well. So uh, we love you guys. And Scott, I really appreciate you showing up. You're showing up and really passing it on, which is what it's all you and, about. You and I, I knew you and I would vibe because it's it, we all have a choice. Actually, on that note, you are since you're the guest co-host today, uh, good timing, by the way. Uh, I always ask my guest co-host to help close the show out. And it, it's just a short, all-encompassing message. I mean, you've shared so much power today, but I know you're going to be able to rock this one because you understand the importance of energy and mindset and everything else. And you're a bit of a musician. So, like, how do you want to close the show out? Oh, I don't know. I always just... Um... <clears throat> Here's the message. Here's the message. There we okay? Go. We have, I, I think we'll keep it... Let's make it... I'm a very visual person. Hmm. And so let's make it visual, or if you're a tactile person, um, you know, how do you, how do you um, receive? So find a way to, to put this into your choice system in every moment that you go through the world, especially when the world is coming at you with negativity and violence and anger and separateness. Let's say, are we someone who would be someone who has just had a pipe taken out of them, who really becomes a pulse, a, a, a heart pulse that touches all the people around you, like Scott, and all the people they touch on the highway on the way home, in their families, the other patients. And can you see how that ripples, ripples, ripples? It's like a, it's a little mini Big Bang that Scott described, he chose to do, okay? You could have wallowed, and sometimes we do. We do, and don't wallow in our wallowing. That's where we get stuck sometimes, is we, where people who are like us become so, so, dang, I became all negative, and I'm supposed to be Mr. Positive, and what an idiot I am, and I'm such a phony, and I'm such a fake, and how can I be talking about being positive when I'm, like, pissed off? But that's all part of the human experience. So do you choose to be that pulse wherever you are in the hospital bed with six inches or 12 inches of pipe in your lung on the highway in the hallways after you watch a uh, a television broadcast in a bar that might be from one t 
TV station versus another that might have one affiliation politically versus another? Are you going to be a pulse of love, light, upliftment, positivity, compassion, laughter? Dude, laughter is it's all about laughter, fun, and not at someone else's expense. Or are you going to be the someone who goes, dang, you know what? This line is so long. I go, what the heck? And complain. It's like going to a concert and going, wow, there's only three of us here versus, wow, there's 40,000 of us here all rocking as comrades, lifting each other. That is the, your question. Are you going to be the one who uplifts people like Scott did or brings people down, um, complains, criticizes, shames in today's society there's a lot of shaming going on and it's a basically that's your choice at every moment every moment every moment so go. go deep on that or be shallow about it that's your choice there it is well listen ladies and gentlemen i i, I don't know i can't say it any better uh i think what we learned today was again you're gonna go to i am a lifter.com forward slash living fuel but again guys dude he rocked it he rocked the mic he rocked the message he rocked the energy uh, he's also a lover of music here but the message here is you do have a choice. So why not learn to become a lifter, okay? I'm just trying to embody the same message he is, and I think we all need to do more of that in this world, and it can become much more positive, much more productive as a result. So again, thanks for tuning in to another amazing Live the Fuel show here in 2019. This has been great, Scott. This has been awesome. Thanks for tuning in. We got some great little acoustic uh, guitar to take us out. But again, ladies and gentlemen, you, you too can be a lifter, but also you too can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. 